It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, July 4th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that hopes you are enjoying your day with a barbecue and relaxing and all that good stuff. I mean, do you have to barbecue? I would. <laughs> all right, let's start the show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am your host, Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with my incredible co-host, Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on our episodes and the Flyers news. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we are going to talk about some little flyers tidbits and news like the Ivan Fedotov situation. We're going to talk about an assistant coaching hire, some potential deals and scuttlebutt around the league. Plus it's Monday. So we'll have our nemesis of the week. Locked on flyers is free and available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now, hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the locked on podcast network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so drop us a like and subscribe over there as well. All right, Russ, so I think sort of the biggest news rumblings around Flyers land the last few days has been the situation with Ivan Fedotov in Russia. As we know, uh, the Flyers recently signed Fedotov to a a deal uh, in the backup goalie position, maybe battling it out with Felix Sandstrom for that role, uh, the other one ostensibly going to Lehigh Valley. However, there were reports from Russian news outlets on Friday that he was detained uh, while at a hockey rink and taken to an army enlistment office. And, you know, we are not sure what's going on. News out of Russia is very suspect all the time. And we don't have very, very specific reports. And in fact, if you go to like sources like the New York Times who reported on the situation, the details are very thin because it's very hard to confirm anything that's happened over there. Uh, but uh, the Flyers have so far said we're looking into it. The NHL says we are aware and looking into it and have not made any formal statements besides that. No, I mean, I, I happen to have Russian sources, and I could tell you the information is is light and sketchy as well. And and so that's why I'm really not going to talk about it, because I don't want to hurt the situation there, and we just hope it gets resolved quickly. Same. And, you know, what we do know is that uh, he has played for CSKA Moscow, which is a KHL team that is affiliated with the Russian army. And so in the past, I know that some players who have played for that team have had that count toward their mandatory military service. Uh, In Russia, men between 18 and 27 have to join the army for a year. 
And uh, again, a lot of hockey players have used their time on kind of state teams as their as their service before. Uh, but Vedatov has been kind of a shining star over there, over, especially over the last year. Uh, of course, they won the silver medal in the Olympics. Uh, that team in the KHL won the Gagarin Cup. So a very successful season for Ivan Fedotov, which led to that contract with the Flyers, of course. So, you know, I think that it is a delicate situation. Like Russ said, we don't want to say too much about it. That isn't confirmed information out there. But uh, uh, like Russ said, again, we just hope it gets resolved soon and hopefully he can come over and play. Right. In, in the end, that's what you hope for. Uh, you know, look, Siska knows that he was trying to come here. So it's not like they were shocked by this. That's all exactly. I'll say. Exactly. All right. The other bit of Flyers news, which once again, this is a trend, Russ, that we have been noticing that all Flyers news seems to come from other sources these yep. days besides the Flyers. And so we found out that Brad Shaw what is going to be an assistant coach for the Flyers. It was announced in a press release from the Vancouver Canucks, where he was an assistant coach last season. Uh, of course, he did work with John Tortorella with the Columbus Blue Jackets for five seasons, uh, was a big part of that power kill. So it looks like he will fulfill that penalty kill role that we were looking for them to hire as one of the two main assistants. Yeah. Now they just need the personnel to do it. Uh, I think the only reason we found out about this is because he swapped jobs with Mike Yo. If, if yeah. he didn't, I, I don't know if we'd have found out about it as quickly, to be honest. Yeah. I find that absolutely fascinating that Mike Yo is now in that slot for the Vancouver Canucks as an assistant coach. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I was just, I, I smirked when I saw it. That's my honest opinion. But Shaw's good. Absolutely. I mean, you know, again, I think they're going to have a tough time of it this year. Maybe they'll be able to get one key player that could really help with the kill. And, you know, someone like Couturier is good at it. And Provorov used to be good at it. And I'm sure he could do it again. And, you know, I'm sure it'll be better than last year. But I'm sure it it, it won't be ideal this year. Yeah, and I think that this role especially was important. And, you know, I'm always curious about guys like Bradshaw who don't make that jump to head coaching positions, that he seems to be a perennial assistant coach. But some guys are just built for that role and know yes. what they're doing in these specific circumstances. And he seems to be that kind of guy. So, you know, while I think initially I might've had some concerns that he just wasn't, you know, forward thinking or, or something along those lines, but I think he is, and I think he is creative and based on his track record and the fact that he has worked with Tortorella in the past, I do think with Tortorella, at least one of the assistants should have been able to have that experience working with him together. Right. Right. But the only thing is, I think it was always going to be easier to hire the Brad Shaw than the power play guy. And I'm worried about mm. it because, you know, we're three days into the month. So contracts, contracts that were going to be up for, you know, scouts and coaches and whatever were up. And so now it's like, I would have thought that would have been the top priority, to be honest. Now, again, John is a defensive guy, so maybe he wanted to get that locked up first, but then that's where your GM should step in and say, listen, you wanted a power play guy. Well, I got your list of power play guys. Let's get this done. Do I think that that has happened? And 
they're you know being very proactive about it it doesn't seem like it yeah again it's hard to say because they've given us such little information about any of this and we're learning all of our news from other teams and and to be honest if we have to put a if we have to put a um a number figure on what's more important scale of one to ten power play for me is eight you know penalty kill is like five because that's how bad the power play is and they and in this league you now need a power play to survive like if you don't have one you're not surviving yeah i think th- the both of them are important to me but i do think in terms of kind of relative improvement for the flyers in terms of what they need to take a step forward in more than the other i think you're right i think that the power play needs a lot more work to get to an acceptable level than the penalty kill does. But I think and it does make stuff- me wonder, like, do, are mm-hmm. some coaches looking at this and saying, you know, this may not be the best place for me to, to coach the power play. It's possible. It is very possible. But again, we don't know. We don't They're know not for telling sure. us anything. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. If they don't tell us, we have to speculate like we have no choice. Yep. Well, speaking of speculation, there's more of that coming up next with some news around the NHL that does touch the Flyers in some ways. We will get to that coming up after we hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review and news, including Major League Baseball, and all the info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NHL draft is this week, and our team at Locked On of local hosts and draft experts are going to break it down with insights and analysis for every first round pick. So subscribe to Locked On Flyers on YouTube for the latest breakdowns on the flyer side of the NHL draft and Locked On NHL for news from around the league. All right, Russ. So we got a little bit of information via Elliot Friedman uh, about the race to see who might get Debrinket from mm-hmm. the Chicago Blackhawks, and that the Flyers were definitely in on it in terms of making offers. But uh, obviously, nothing has transpired as of yet. Could be that the Blackhawks end up not trading them, trading him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very possible. But, you know, we did learn that it was going to be like three first round equivalents, certainly a first round pick. The only pick the Flyers have is the fifth. So that probably is what killed the deal for them. But just the fact that the Flyers might be willing to give up two of their first round prospects. And I know they wanted at least one that was close. So, you know, Yorker Farabee was probably in that deal. And then you're just talking about where, you know, the next guy, uh, whether it's Brink or whoever it might be. Uh Honestly, they can't afford to give up these assets. If they don't believe that um, Ryan Ellis will be back, which is now a prevailing thought in the hockey world, then they'll wait till the season starts and put him on LTIR. And at least, you know, those funds will have been allocated for other things. And if you want to pick up your one big free agent, 
that's fine, even though I don't recommend it. But if you want to, because that's mm-hmm. what their their goal is to excite people, fine. But don't give up assets and do that. Because the Brinkett salary is only going to go up after this year. He's still an RFA. You're going to have to at least pay him seven or more. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense on any level. I get the goal scoring, but the outlay of assets makes no sense. Right, which is exactly why we have been talking over and over again, is that if they're going to pick up a key player like that this offseason, they're going to have to do it through free agency and clear cap space to do that first. Because... They, especially because of the cap situation and the personnel situation, they're going to have to depend on some of these younger players and we can't deplete the depth in our system in order to get there. So I certainly hope nothing comes of this as much as I love to it. I think he's phenomenal. Oh no, I'm a big fan of Alex. I trumpeted him all through his draft year and I've been watching him, you know, like crazy, but this isn't the right deal. No, No. but speaking of deals, well, before we get to that, as, okay. as part of it, uh, Elliot Friedman also mentioned that Chuck Fletcher was kind of shopping everybody and anybody out there just to get a sense of the return, it seems like. But man, that reeks of desperation to me. Yeah, I, I you know, the thing is, it's fine to make those calls to kind of see who has interest in what, but you don't want it to be that far reaching, I don't think. And and now I think it is a situation where everybody in the world knows that Fletcher wants to kind of, you know, dump some assets and get something Mm -hmm. in return, like trade my underperforming high paid player for your underperforming high paid player. I see when that happens in the NBA, it doesn't work out that well. You're better off sort of including that in a deal. If you have to trade a young asset, that's fine. If you're getting a young player back, that's fine. Sometimes you're better off doing it in that kind of deal than just, you know, my bad for your bad. Because, again, even though Cam Atkinson's a good player, it's not like Voracek had a bad season either. So, like, you know, in a net... That was like good guy for good guy with different situations. In a net situation, yeah, yeah, maybe you benefited from getting more goals, but it didn't set your team on fire, right? And so... Right. You know, you, you if you're going to do something like this, you have to make sure you're really making big gains here. Otherwise, why are you doing it? And that's my issue. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that deal that you were just referring to has a Flyers connection to it, but it's also just really textbook how you get rid of cap space. And that is the Tampa Bay Lightning trading Ryan McDonough to the Nashville Predators for Phil Myers. And Grant Mismosh. Well, Phil Myers' contract, because they're going to buy him out. And Well, some people are saying they aren't. They're... No, they will. They'll buy him out because we'll there's see. a there's a cap credit that comes with it. That's why they're doing it. So this will... Listen, I've seen both from I, I know, lots but of different sources. So as desperate not... as Tampa is to sign Andre Pilat, um, this if they clear the cap space with Phil, if they buy him out and they get the one third back or whatever, it's like mm-hmm. 7.3 million in cap space. I'm pretty sure that's their game. We'll see. Either way, this is how you do it. And mm-hmm. Chuck has had two seasons to do this with James Van Riemsdyk unsuccessfully. Yeah, I think that's the key here, right? Is that you see other teams clearing cap space successfully with guys like this. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens have like run a show on on doing it as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's other teams that have been successful. Even Vegas got somebody to take some 
money off their cap. And, you know, they are one of the most desperate teams around Mm -hmm. the league. And so this is just like yet another deal that you see other GMs pulling off that you're like, man, like you just know that Chuck Fletcher is going to get hosed if he tries to do anything along these lines. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't give you a lot of um, good feelings. And and we're look, we we acknowledge Ryan McDonough is a better player than, than James Van Riemsdyk, but still like 24 goals is 24 goals. Somebody's going to want that, but it looks like they're all willing to wait for Chuck to buy him out so they can get him cheap. And and that's always a problem. Brisebois at least didn't really let it be known that McDonough was gonna have to go until like a week ago mm-hmm. and then got rid of him quickly. And the thing is about McDonough, I think I'd mentioned it to you. He wasn't just going to go to any city. There was family considerations like it was when he asked to leave the Rangers. And so, you know, they probably don't want to be in a big city. And that's why Nashville is good for them. So, again, even he had constraints, too, and he got it done. And so this is where I don't give Chuck the benefit of the doubt anymore. Uh, I'm surprised Van Riemsdyk's still here. Uh, They have until, I don't know, the 15th or something for buyout. So you could wait on that, and that's fine if that's your plan. But then, you know, you're going to have to go over on the summer cap or do something if you sign a free agent just until you could do something with Van Riemsdyk to balance the books. Like, it's just I still don't have a clear picture of what they're doing. If you do, please fill me in. Listen, I think that it's a big problem because – I think that, you know, they're going to have to clear the cap space before free agency starts. Right. And if they don't do it by, say, the 10th, it's going to be, like I said, desperation mode to get that contract off or whatever other contract he's trying to trade. And then he's going to get completely hosed in whatever deal he makes, because it'll be in that tight time crunch right yep. before free agency and he won't be able to do anything he wants so other gms are just going to rake him over the coals to you know get the best for them in order to take on a contract like that and so i think that you know as we get closer to maybe the eighth ninth tenth if they've made no deals by that those dates i think it's going to be a problem yeah i mean the reason we've been critical on the show is simply because we see it being done if we didn't mm-hmm. see it being done, it's like, oh, well, listen, nobody can get it done. We'll take the heat off of Chuck then. That's fine. But it is getting done. And it's actually in Tampa was one of the worst situations to have to get it done. And they got it done. Exactly. And, you know, I think that it's causing some problems in terms of how Chuck Fletcher has framed this offseason, because if he had framed it more like a tear it down kind of off season, then he could be making these deals and other GMs would be more willing to give a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. And, but again, like even, even in like, you see what's being written, whether Elliot's saying it or somebody else is saying it, that the flyers are kind of like trying to go to their past where it's like, well, we're not going to, you know, put up the white flag and surrender. We're just going to do it our way and still be a winner. And Hockey doesn't really work that way anymore. Um, I know someone wrote that the Bruins did it successfully. The Bruins had a hell of a lot more to work with than the Flyers mm-hmm. currently do. They've had they have yeah. Hall of Famers on their team. Like, <laughs> oh, no. like let's start there. Who needs Hall of Famers? Right, right? you're right. Yeah, nobody. You, you don't need them. All right, one more little bit of news to get to related to the Flyers tangentially is that. 
it is seeming like Tony D'Angelo may not resign in Carolina. And I know, shocker of all shockers, but uh, I think that, you know, we talk about Johnny Goudreau being a local boy coming home and with Tony D'Angelo being also from South Jersey, uh, there's always that kind of threat, I would say, held over us that he could potentially end up with the Flyers as well. And I firmly say no to that. And But I feel like he's also a carrot that Chuck Fletcher may not want to ignore. Yeah. Um, so he lives very close to where I live. And uh, I've heard many stories about Tony. I've interviewed him. Here, here's what I will say. Um, from the Flyers' perspective, they should go back and they should watch when they passed over Tony D'Angelo in the draft and Tampa drafted him. It's on YouTube. NHL Network had it. They had his dad mic'd up, and his dad was basically like, well, now we're just not going to ever play for the Flyers again. You know, we're not, we have no interest in the Flyers, something like that, because they blew it. You know, and it's like, yeah, I kind of just that kind of attitude would make me not want to sign this guy because he did mm-hmm. want to be a flyer in the worst way, but couldn't his dad or he, you know, he didn't say anything really, but it's really his dad couldn't be mature enough to just kind of let it go on draft day and be happy that your son got drafted. I don't think you want any part of any of that because I think if D'Angelo comes home, you're dealing with his dad too in the stands and, I don't think you want any part of that. Apparently my cat doesn't either. If you're watching on YouTube, she decided to join us for the show today. She's welcome on the show anytime. She always is. It's her birthday too. Oh, so happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ellie. Uh, you are four years old today. All right. Uh, we will be back shortly with our nemesis of the week. All right. If you are newer to Locked On Flyers, every Monday we look around the NHL and we say who or what in hockey is bothering us the most for this upcoming week? Uh, Who is our nemesis? And uh, it's a fun thing we do each Monday. It's one of my favorite things that allows me to get out my frustrations at the Flyers and hockey. And uh, last week we talked about that week being kind of the calm before the storm with the draft coming up, trades potentially coming up, free agency. And it was just kind of this weird, like lull and silence before everything kicked into gear this week. So now it is this week and I have draft anxiety. I have to tell you, there is just so many things that could happen. Again, we just had that conversation about Debrinket. And I think that, you know, some of us are scared that he's not going to follow through with what he indicated in the pre-draft press conference, that he's actually going to take the pick, that he's he's going to just get suckered away with some other deal and trade away that fifth overall pick, which I would not agree with. No, I wouldn't agree with it either. I, I fully agree. I don't, you know, I don't have draft anxiety. Um, what I do have is a... I'm already getting weary or woozy with all of the bogus draft stuff, not draft, sorry, all the bogus trade stuff that's out there. Like stuff that comes from Elliot is fine. That's real stuff. That's coming from a place where there's a percentage chance. I'm seeing stuff where there's 0% chance 
that it will happen from other places and it gets posted on on the internet and i am doing my best to ignore most of it and it's just like you know free agent day can't get here quick enough what is it july 15th can't get here quick enough because i'm just getting weary of all this it's just it's gonna wear me out yeah free agency starts on the 13th 13th Uh, okay yeah but um i i could not agree with you more i think you know sometimes they call it silly season and they do that for a reason because some of the proposals that people put out there are just bonkers like who would do that deal? Nobody would do that deal because right. it's so lopsided and people tend to overvalue their own assets and undervalue other teams assets. And so it's yeah. hard. And I get that. I do that sometimes too, honestly. And that's why I love the episodes that we've done with people who cover other teams and say, what's a realistic trade right. option right. between our two teams. You know, we did one with the Oilers. We did one with the senators. We did one with the LA Kings and I think that, you know, that gives us, you know, a little bit of balance in the force here it does. To, to really come up with some options that are realistic for both sides that make sense, that benefit both teams. And that's the best kind of trade. And that's why, you know, we already mentioned the Voracek Cam Atkinson deal. That was a trade that made sense, that benefited both teams. And you, you come out of it thinking there's nothing wrong with that deal. By the way, speaking of, of the force, <laughs> For all the times in my life that I've heard people say to Obi-Wan Kenobi, how could I ever repay you? The answer is easy. You could pay me cash. This guy's walking <laughs> around the galaxy like a vagabond. Like he's literally yeah, like a hitchhiker. This is the way, Russ. <laughs> no, it's not the way. All he had to do is get some cash. Plenty of times he could have gotten cash. Listen, that's the Mandalorian. This is the way. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. A couple of days ago was the two-year anniversary of Oscar Lindblom being cancer-free. Always great to hear that. Fantastic. And that, you know, it seems like he's really going to come into this upcoming season at 100%. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, me too. And shout out to Amy Irvin when we made those bracelets, handed them out to everybody. And even some teammates were wearing them at the time. It was really nice. And I still have a couple and hope to never have to wear it again. Exactly. All right. That will do it for today's show. Tomorrow is going to be exciting. We are going to do our mock draft for the top 10 picks. We had the Locked On NHL team mock draft where each of the local hosts picked theirs we did our number five pick now we're going to throw that out and start over with just our opinions which frankly i think are better but uh, we'll (laughs) see how that goes this is a tough year to mock anything it is it's even the best are going to have trouble yeah there's a lot of variance in what people think about these prospects and teams could go in many different directions so I, I think it's a tough gig doing a mock draft this year so good luck to us on tomorrow's show as a reminder we always want to hear from you so send in your flyers questions via twitter at lockdown flyers or you can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail.com i'm rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m I'm Russ at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute show of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, 
your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.